0: Section Two, of Abe and Morris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Abe and Morris, Being Further Adventures of Potash and Pearlmother, by Montague Glass. Chapter Two, The Judgment of Paris. There was an intimate connection between Abe Potash's advent in the lobby of the Prince Clarence Hotel, one hot summer day in June, and the publication in that morning's Arrival of Buyers column of the following statement and news item. Greasman, M., Dry Goods Company, Syracuse. M. Greasman, Ladies and Mrs. Cloaks, Suits, Waists and Furs, Prince Clarence Hotel nevertheless when abe caught sight of mr greeseman lolling in one of the hotel's capacious fauteuils, he quickly looked the other way and passed on to the clerk's desk then he asked in a loud tone for mr elkin reinberg of Boonton, new jersey and almost before the clerk told him that no such person was registered he turned about and recognized mr greeseman with an elaborate start why how do you do mr Greasman? he exclaimed ain't it a pleasure to see you what are you doing here in new york Greasman looked hard at his interlocutor before replying some two years earlier there had been an acrimonious correspondence between them with reference to a shipment of skirts lost in transit a correspondence ending in threatened litigation and Mr. Greaseman had transferred his account with Pottersham Perlmutter to Sammet Brothers. Hence he regarded Abe's proffered hand coldly. Instead of rising to his feet, he continued to puff at his cigar for a few moments. "'I know your face,' he said at length. "'But your name ain't familiar.' "'Think again, Mr. Greaseman,' Abe said, quite unmoved by the rebuff. "'Where did you see me before?' "'I think I seen you in a law office once,' It, Greaseman said. "'To the best of my recollection, "'the occasion was one which you said you didn't give a damn "'about my business at all, "'and if I wouldn't pay for the skirts, "'you would make it hot for me. "'But, so far what I hear, it, "'I ain't paid for the skirts, "'and didn't sweat none neither.' "'Why not let bygones be bygones, Mr. Greaseman?' Abe rejoined. I ain't got no bygones abe, greaseman replied. The bygones is all on your side. I ain't got the skirts, so I didn't pay for them. Well, what is a few skirts that fellows should be enemies about, in Mr. Greaseman? The skirts is vor by shone long since already. Why don't you anyhow come down to our place once in a while and see us, Mo? What would I do in your place, abe? You still use a couple of garments like we make it in your business, Mo? Abe continued. You gotta buy goods in New York once in a while, ain't it? Well, I do, and I don't, Abe, Mo rejoined. I ain't the back number which I once it used to was, Abe. I got fresh ideas a little too, Abe. Nowadays, Abe, a briar couldn't rely on his own judgment at all. Before he buys a new season's goods, he's got to find out what they're wearing on the other side first. So with me, Abe, I go first to Paris, Abe then i see there what i want to buy here abe and when i come back to new york i buy only them goods which has got the ideas i seen it in paris but how do you know we ain't got the ideas you had seen it in paris mo i don't know abe mo replied because i ain't been to paris yet so far i am now on my way over to paris abe and furthermore abe if i would have been to paris you understand what does a fellow like morris know about designing what do you mean what does a fellow like Morris know about designing abe repeated don't you fool yourself mo Morris is a first-class a number one designer he gets his ideas straight from the best fashion journals then too mo when it comes to up-to-date styles i ain't such a big fool neither you understand i know one or two things about designing myself mo and you could take it from me mo there ain't no house in the trade mo which they got better facilities for giving you The latest, up-to-the-minute style like we got it. Sure, I know, Moe continued. But as I told you before, Abe, I ain't in the market for my fall goods now. I am now only on my way to Paris. And when I would come back, it would be time for you to waste your breath. I could waste my breath all I want to, Moe, Abe rejoined. I ain't like some people, Moe. My breath don't cost me nothing. What do you mean? Moe cried indignantly. He had allowed himself the unusual indulgence of a cocktail that morning as a corollary to a rather turbulent evening with Leon Sammet, and he had been there absently chewing a clove throughout the interview with Abe. "'I mean, Jaime Salzman, designer for Sammet Brothers,' Abe replied. "'There's a fellow which he got at such a breath, Moe, he ought to put a revenue stamp on his chin. "'That may be, Abe.' but the feller delivers the goods sammet brothers are sending him to paris this year too abe he's sailing with leon sammet on the same ship with me abe well then all i can say to you is mo you should look out for yourself and don't play no auction pinnacle with that feller Every afternoon he's playing with such sharks like Mo Rabiner and Mark Spasinski. If he ever got out of a job as a designer, he can go on the stage at one of them continual performances as a card juggler yet. A three-fifty hand is the least that fella deals himself. One thing is sure, Abe. You could never sell me no goods by knocking Jaime Salzman. I ain't trying to sell you no goods, Mo. I'm only talking to you like an old friend should talk to another. When are you coming back? About July 1. I should be here. Mo replied. If you want to come and see me like an old friend, Abe, you are welcome. Only I gotta say this to you, Abe. I forgot them skirts long since ago already, and I wish you the same. When Abe entered his showroom that morning, Morris Perlmutter had just arranged a high-neck evening gown on a wire model. Well, Abe, what do you think of it? He exclaimed proudly as he wiped his glistening brow. Abe fingered the garment's silken folds and puffed critically at a black cigar. What could I think, Morris? he replied. The garment looks all right, Morris, and it ain't kicking, you understand? But I tell you the honest truth, Morris, the way things is nowadays, Morris. A fella could be Elijah the prophet already, and he couldn't tell in June what's going to please the garment buyers in September. Morris flushed angrily i don't know what comes over you lately abe nothing suits you he cried i got here a garment which if we would be paying a designer ten thousand dollars a year yet he couldn't turn us out nothing better and yet you're kicking what do you mean kicking abe rejoined i ain't kicking i'm only passing a remark "'I am saying I couldn't tell nothing about it, Morris, because so far ahead of time like this, Morris, a garment could look ever so rotten, Morris, and it could turn out to be record-seller, anyhow.' "'So, Abe,' Morris broke out furiously, "'you think the garment looks rotten? What? All I gotta say is this, Abe, if the garment looks so rotten, you should quick hire someone which could design a better one, because I am sick and tired of your kicking.' "'What's the matter? You got pepper up your nose all of a sudden, Morris?' "'Abe protested. "'I ain't saying nothing about the garment is rotten. "'I'm only saying it gets so nowadays that in June a fella turns out a style "'which if we was making masquerade costumes already, it would be freaky anyhow. "'And yet, Morris, it would go big in September. "'You get the idea what I'm talking about, Morris?' "'I get the idea, all right,' Morris retorted with bitter emphasis. You got the nerve to stand there and tell me this here garment is freaky like a masquerade costume. Sean gut, Abe. From now on, I wash myself of the whole thing. I am through, Abe. You should right away advertise for a designer. Abe rose wearily to his feet. With a touchy proposition like you, Morris, he said. A fellow couldn't open his mouth at all. "'I ain't sayin' nothin' about you as a designer, Morris. "'All I'm sayin', Morris, is a designer could be a fella "'which he has so high grade like Paquin or any of them Frenchers, "'but when he gets his ideas from fashion papers, "'order the daily cloak and gazette, Morris, and once in a while he turns out a stecker. "'Morris was stripping the garment from the display form, "'but he paused to favor his partner with a glare. "'What do you want me to do, then?' he asked make up styles out of my own head abe if i wouldn't get my ideas from the fashion papers abe where would i get em where would you get em abe repeated why where does hymie saltzman designer for sammet brothers and charles eisenblum designer for klinger and klein get their ideas morris? this was purely a rhetorical question but as abe paused to heighten the effect of the peroration morris undertook to supply an answer "'Them suckers don't get their ideas, Abe. "'They steal them. "'If a concern gets a run on a certain garment, Abe, "'them two bee robbers make up a duplicate of it "'before you can turn around your head. "'That's the kind of cutthroat some fellas is, Abe.' "'Sure, I know,' Abe continued. "'But they got to turn out some garments of their own, Morris, "'and they get their ideas right from headquarters. "'They get their ideas from Paris, Morris. "'Only this morning I hear it that Jaime Saltzman "'sails for Paris on Saturday.' "'Well, I couldn't stop him, Abe,' Morris commented. "'Sure, I know, Morris,' Abe went on. "'But things is very quiet here in the store, Morris, "'and for a month yet we wouldn't do hardly no business. "'I could get along here all right until, say, July 15th, anyhow.' For two minutes, Morris looked hard at his partner. "'What are you driving at, Abe?' he asked at length. "'Why, I'm driving into this, Morris.' "'Abe continued. "'Why don't you go to Paris?' "'Me go to Paris?' "'Morris exclaimed. "'Why not?' "'Abe murmured. "'The suggestion did seem preposterous, after all. "'Why not?' "'Morris repeated. "'There's a whole lot of reasons why not, Abe, "'and the first and foremost is that the Atlantic Ocean would got to run dry.' and they gotta build a railroad there first abe i crossed the water just once abe and i wouldn't cross it again if i never sold another dollars worth more goods so long as i live abe and that's all there is to it what are you talking nonsense morris one of them big boats like the morrisania there ain't no more motion than if a fellow would be going to coney island morris that's all right abe morris replied firmly me if i would go to coney island i'm taking always the trolley abe from new York side of the bridge furthermore, abe, if Sammet Brothers sends a drinker like hymie Salzman to Paris, abe, they got a right to spend their money the way they want to. But all I got to say is that we shouldn't be afraid they would cop out any of our trade on that account, abe. Hymie would come home with new ideas of champagne and wine and not garments, abe. Sure, I know, Morris, abe retorted but if you go over to paris morris you would come back with some new ideas which you would turn out some real snappy stuff morris as it is morris with a sticker like you got it there morris you would ruin our business all right abe i heard enough you got altogether too much to say for a fellow which comes downtown at ten o'clock with no excuses nor nothing. at this point abe interrupted his partner long enough to relate his visit to mo griesman but the information entirely failed to placate morris all right abe he shouted why don't you go to paris that's all you're fit for i got a wife and baby abe but with a fellow which he's got no more interest in home you understand than he wants to go to paris abe all right go ahead abe go to paris i'm satisfied abe regarded his partner for one hesitating moment schon gut i will go to paris he said and the next moment the elevator door closed behind him for five minutes after abe's departure Morris gazed earnestly at his newest creation. He had intended the model as a pleasant surprise to his partner, since not only had he conceived the garment to be a triumph of the dressmaker's art, but it had been finished far in advance of the season for originating new styles. He had confidently expected an enthusiastic reception of this chef d'oeuvre, but in view of Abe's scathing criticism, he commenced to doubt his own estimate of the beauty of the dress. Indeed, the longer he looked at it, the uglier it appeared, until at length he grabbed it roughly and literally tore it from the wire form. He had rolled it into a ball, and was about to cast it into a corner when the elevator door opened and a young lady stepped out. "'Good morning, Mr. Perlmutter,' she said." Morris turned his face in the direction of the speaker, and at once his mouth expanded into a broad grin. "'Why, Miss Smith,' he exclaimed, as he rushed forward to greet her, "'how do you do? Me and Mrs. Perlmutter was just talking about you today. How much you think that boy weighs now?' Sixteen pounds,' Miss Smith replied. Twenty-two, Morris cried. "'Net.' "'You don't say,' said Miss Smith.' "'We gotta thank you for that, Miss Smith,' Morris continued. "'The doctor says without you anything could happen.' "'Miss Smith deprecated this compliment to her professional skill "'with a smiling shake of the head. "'We wouldn't forget it in a hurry,' Morris declared. "'Everything what that boy is today, Miss Smith, we owe it to you.' "'You're making it hard for me, Mr. Perlmutter, Miss Smith replied, "'because I've come to ask you a favor.' "'A favor?' "'Morris replied, "'You couldn't ask me to do you a favor, "'because it wouldn't be no favor. "'It would be a pleasure. "'What could I do for you?' "'I have to leave town tomorrow, on a case,' Miss Smith explained. "'And I need a dress in a hurry. "'Something light, for evening wear.' "'Morris frowned perplexedly. "'That's too bad,' he said, "'because just at present we got nothing but last year's goods in stock.' All except, uh, all except this. He unfolded the model and shook it out. What a pretty dress! Miss Smith cried, clasping her hands. Pretty? Morris exclaimed. How could you say it was pretty? It's perfectly stunning! Miss Smith continued. What size is it, Mr. Perlmutter? The usual size, Morris replied. Thirty-six. Why, that's just my size. Miss Smith declared. Let me see it. Morris handed her the dress, and she examined it carefully. What a pity, she said. It has a slight rip in front. Somebody's been handling it carelessly. Sure, I know, Morris said. I tore it myself, Miss Smith. But if you really and truly like it, Miss Smith, which I tell you the truth, I don't, and my partner neither, you're welcome to it, and I would give you a little piece from the same goods which you could fix up the rip with. I couldn't think of it. "'Miss Smith replied. "'Not at all, Miss Smith. "'You would do me a favor "'if you would take it along with you right now.' "'Miss Smith fairly beamed "'as she opened her handbag. "'How much is it?' she asked. "'How much is it?' Morris repeated. "'Why, Miss Smith, you could take that dress "'only on one condition. "'The condition is that you wouldn't pay me nothing for it. and "'That next fall, when we really got something in stock, "'you would come in and pick out as many "'of our highest-priced garments as you would want.' Morris's hand shook so, with this unusual access of generosity, that he could hardly wrap up the garment. Also, Miss Smith, I expect you will come up and have dinner with us, as soon as you get back from wherever you're going. Already the baby commences to recognize people which he meets, and we want him. He should never forget you, Miss Smith. The cordiality with which Morris ushered Miss Smith into the elevator was in striking contrast to the brusque manner in which he greeted Abe half an hour later. No, he growled. Where was he now? By the steamship office, Abe replied. I'm going next Saturday. Going next Saturday? Morris repeated. Where to? To Paris, Abe replied. On the same ship with Mo Griesman, Leon Sammet, and Jaime Salzman. Morris nodded slowly as the news sank in. Well, all I can say, Abe, he commented at length, "that I don't wish you and the other passengers no harm, you understand? But with them three suckers on board the ship, I hope it sinks. The five days preceding Abe's departure were made exceedingly busy for him by Morris, who soon became reconciled to his partner's fashion-hunting trip, particularly when he learned that Mo Greaseman formed part of the quarry. "'You gotta remember one thing, Abe,' he declared. "'Extremes is next. "'Let the other fella buy the freaks. "'What we are after is something in moderation.' "'You shouldn't worry about that, Morris,' Abe replied. "'I wouldn't bring you home no such model "'like you showed at me this week.' "'You'd be lucky if you wouldn't bring home worse yet,' "'Morris retorted. "'But anyhow, that ain't the point. "'I got here the names of a couple of commission men, "'which it is their business to look out for greenhorns.' What do you mean greenhorn, Abe cried indignantly. I ain't no greenhorn, that's all right, Morris went on in France. only the Frenchers ain't greenhorns. You been told me what kind of state room you got it. Well, the outside room's one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and the inside room was eighty-five dollars. Abe explained, so I took an inside room because the light wouldn't come in and wake me up so early in the morning morris and forty dollars is as good to me as it is to them suckers. what runs the steamboat company ain't it nevertheless when abe found himself in his upper berth the morning after he had parted with minnie rosie and morris at the pier he had reason to regret his economy he shared his stateroom with a singer of minor operatic roles who as a souvenir of a farewell luncheon ashore carried into that narrow precinct an odor of garlic that persisted for the entire voyage in addition the returning artist smoked egyptian cigarettes and anointed his generous head of hair with violet brillantine hence it was not until the boat was passing browhead that abe staggered up the companionway to the promenade deck why hello abe cried a bronzed and bulky figure i ain't seen you for almost a week no abe murmured well if you had wanted to see me leon you know where you could find me just below the pantry my stateroom was inside a dog shouldn't got to live in such a place at this juncture saltzman appeared to summon his employer to a game of auction pinochle on the smoking-room and as abe started to make a feeble promenade around the deck-house he encountered mo greaseman after mo had taken abe's hand in a limp clasp, he nodded in the direction of the smoking-room. "'What do you think of them two suckers?' he croaked. "'They ain't missed a meal since they came aboard. "'What could you expect from a couple of tough propositions like that?' Abe replied. "'Was you sick, Mo?' "'Sick!' Greaseman exclaimed. "'I give you my word, Abe. Last Thursday night I was so sick that I commenced to figure out already—' How much I would have saved in premiums if my insurance policies would be straight life instead of endowment. No, Abe, this here business of going to Paris for your styles ain't what it's cracked up to be. Always up to now, I got fine weather crossing. But the way the water's been the last six days, Abe, I'm beginning to think I could get just so good ideas of the season's models right here in New York. You know, Mo," said Abe, "'I'm starting to feel hungry. I wish that fellow with the chauffeur would come.' Hardly had he spoken when the ship's bugler announced luncheon. But it was some minutes before Moe could summon up sufficient courage to go below to the dining saloon. And when they entered, they found Leon Sammet and Jaime Salzman had nearly concluded their meal. Stuart Leon shouted as Mo sat down next to him. "'Bring me a nice piece of camembert cheese!' One moment, Leon, Greaseman interrupted. If you bring that stuff under my nose here, I would never buy from you a dollar's worth more goods so long as I live. That fella goes too far, Abe, he said, after Leon had canceled the order and departed to drink his coffee in the smoking room. That fella goes too far. Yesterday afternoon I was sitting on deck, and the way I felt, Abe, my worst enemy wouldn't got to feel it. You believe me, Abe, that fella got the nerve to offer me a cigar yet. It pretty near finished me up. He only done it out of spite, Abe, but I fooled him. I took the cigar, and I got it in my pocket right now. Don't show me, Abe cried hurriedly. I'll tell you the truth, there ain't nothing in the smoking habit. I'm going to cut it out. Waiter, bring me only a plate of clear soup and some dry toast. There ain't no need for a fellow to smoke, mo. It's only an extra expense. I think you're right, Abe, Mo said. But I know that this here cigar costly Leon a quarter on board ship here, and I thought I would show him he shouldn't get so gay. Despite Abe's resolution, however, a large black cigar protruded from his mustache when he stood on the wharf at Cherbourg 24 hours later, and a small, ill-shaven stevedore, clad in a dark blouse and shabby corduroy trousers pointed to the cloud of smoke that issued from abe's lips and chattered a voluble protest what does he say mo i don't know mo replied he's talking french french abe exclaimed what are you trying to do kid me a dirty schlemiel of a greenhorn like him should talk french what an idea nevertheless Abe was made to throw away his cigar, and it was not until the quartet were snugly enclosed in a first-class compartment en route to Paris that Abe felt safe to indulge in another cigar. He explored his pockets without result. Mo, he said, you got maybe another cigar on you? "'I'm smoking the one which Leon gave it me on the ship the other day,' Mo replied. "'Leon, be a good fellow, Give him a cigar.' "'I give you my word, Mo. this is the last one,' Leon replied as he bit the end off of a huge Invincible. "'You've got something there bulging in your vest pocket, Abe. Why don't you smoke it?' "'That ain't a cigar,' Abe answered. "'That's a fountain pen.' "'Smoke it anyhow,' Leon advised. "'Because the only cigars you can get on this train is French government cigars, and I'd sooner tackle a fountain pen as one of them rolls of spinach.' "'That's a country.' Abe commented, couldn't even get a decent cigar here. In Paris, you can get plenty good cigars, Jaime Salzman said. And Jaime was right, for at the Gare Saint-Lazare, Monsieur Adolphe Kaufmann Levi, commissionaire, awaited them, his pockets literally spilling red-banded perfectos at every gesture of his lively fingers. Monsieur Kaufmann Levi spoke English, French, and German with every muscle of his body from the waist up. Welcome to France, Mr. Potish, he said. You had a good voyage, doubtless, because you Americans are born sailors. Maybe we are born sailors, Abe admitted, but I must have grown out of it. I'll tell the honest truth. If I could go back by trolley and it took a year, I would do it. The weather is always more settled in July than in August, said Monsieur Kaufman Levi, and I wouldn't worry about the return trip just now. I have rooms for all you gentlemen, or on one floor of a hotel near the opera. Taxi are in waiting. After you have settled, we will take dinner together. Thus it happened that, at half past six that evening, Monsieur Kaufman Levi conducted his four guests from the restaurant morguery to a sidewalk table of the Café de la Paix, and for almost an hour they watched the crowd making its way to the opera. You see, Mo," Abe said. Everything's his tunics this year. Tunics, de chiffon, overskirts, neck collars, and yokes. Moe nodded absently. His eyes were glued to a lady sitting at the next table. You gotta come to Paris to see him, Abe, he murmured. They don't make em like that in America. We make as good garments in America as anywhere, Abe protested. Garments I ain't talking about at all, Moe whispered hoarsely. "'I mean peaches. Did you ever see anything like that lady there sitting next to you? "'Look at that get-up, Abe. Ain't it chick?' "'It's a pretty good-looking model, Mo,' Abe replied, "'but a bit too plain for us. See all the fancy-looking garments there are around here?' "'Plain nothing,' Mo muttered. "'Look at the way it fits her. I tell you, Abe, the French ladies know how to wear their clothes.' A moment later, the couple at the next table passed along toward the opera, and once more, Abe and Mo turned their attention to the crowds on the boulevard. For the remainder of their stay in Paris, Abe and Leon spent their time in a ceaseless hunt for new models, and their nights implying Mo Griesman with entertainment. It cannot be said that Mo discouraged them to any marked degree, for while he occasionally hinted to Abe, that the New York cloak and suit trade was an open market and garment buyers had a large field from which to choose, he also told Leon that he saw no reason why he should not continue to buy goods from Sammet Brothers, provided the prices were right. Nearly every evening found them sitting at the corner table of the Café de la Paix, and upon many of these occasions the next table was occupied by the same couple that sat there on the night of Abe's arrival in Paris. "'You know, Abe, that dress is the most uniquest thing in Paris,' Mo exclaimed on the evening of the last day in Paris. "'I ain't seen nothing like it anywhere.' "'Good reason, Mo!' Leon Sammet cried. "'It's rotten. That's one of last year's models.' "'What are you talking nonsense? One of last year's models!' Mo Greisman cried indignantly. Don't you think I know a new style when I see it? Mo is right, Leon, Abe said. We ain't got no business to talk that way at all. The style is this year's model. Of course, Abe, Leon said with ironic precision. When a judge like you says something, you understand? Then it's so. Take another of them uh, 60-cent ice creams, Mo. Ordinarily, Abe would have turned Leon's sarcasm with a retort in kind. But Leon's remark fell on deaf ears, for Abe was listening to a conversation at the next table, and the language was English. "'It's time to start back to the hotel,' said the young lady to her escort, who was an elderly gentleman. Abe turned to Mo and Leon. "'Excuse me for a few minutes,' he said. "'I gotta go back to the hotel for something.' He handed Leon a twenty-franc piece. "'If I shouldn't get back, pay the bill.' he cried, and jumping to his feet, he followed the couple from the next table. The old gentleman walked feebly with the aid of a cane, and the young lady helped him by the arm as they proceeded to the main entrance of the grand hotel. Abe dogged their footsteps until the old gentleman disappeared into the left, and the young lady retired to the winter garden that forms the interior court of the hotel. As she seated herself in a wicker chair, Abe approached with his hat in his hand. Lady, excuse me, he began. I ain't no loafer. I'm in the cloak and suit business, and I would like to speak to you a few words, something very particular. The young lady turned in her chair. She was not alarmed, only surprised. I hope you don't think I'm asking you anything out of the way, Abe said, without further prelude, but you got a dress on, lady, which I don't know how much you paid for it, But if three hundred of these here now francs would be any inducement, I'd like to buy it from you. Of course, I wouldn't ask you to take it off right now, but if you would leave it at the clerk's desk here, I would call for it in half an hour. The young lady made no reply. Instead, she threw back her head and laughed heartily. It ain't no joke, lady, Abe continued, as he laid three flimsy notes of the Bank of France in her lap. "'That's as good as American greenbacks.' "'The young lady ceased laughing for a minute, "'hesitated between indignation and renewed mirth, "'but at last her sense of humor conquered. "'Very well,' she said. "'Stay here for a few minutes.' "'Half an hour later, she returned "'with the dress wrapped up in a paper parcel. "'How did you know I wouldn't go off with the money, "'dress and all?' she asked as Abe seized the package. "'I took a chance, lady.' he said. Like you're doing about the money which I gave you being good. Have no scruples on that score, the young lady replied. I had it examined at the clerk's office just now. When Monsieur Adolf Kaufman Levi bade farewell to Mo, Abe, Leon, and Jaime Saltzman at the Gare Saint-Lazare, he uttered words of encouragement and cheer, which failed to justify themselves after the four travellers' embarkment at Cherbourg you will have splendid weather he had declared it will be fine all the way over when the steamer passed out of the breakwater into the english channel she breasted a northeaster that lasted all the way to the banks even hymie saltzman went under and leon sammet walked the swaying decks alone twice a day he poked his head into the stateroom occupied by mo Greesman and abe potash for abe had thrown economy to the winds and had gone halves with Mo in the largest outside room on board. Boys, Leon would ask, ain't you gonna get up? The air is fine on deck. Had he but known it, Mo Greaseman developed day by day, with growing intensity, that violent hatred for Leon that the hopelessly seasick feel toward good sailors, while toward Abe, who groaned unceasingly in the upper berth, Moe Greasman evinced the affectionate interest that the poor sailor evinces in anyone who suffers more keenly than himself. At length, Nantucket lightship was passed. And as the sea grew calmer, two white-faced invalids, that on close scrutiny might have been recognized by their oldest friends to be Mo and Abe, tottered up the companionway and sank exhausted into the nearest deck chairs. Well, Mo. "'Leon cried as he bustled toward them, "'smoking a large cigar "'and clad in a suit of immaculate white flannels. "'So you're up again!' "'The silence with which Mo received this remark "'ought to have warned Leon, "'but he plunged headlong to his fate. "'We're now only twenty-four hours from New York,' he said, "'and suppose I go downstairs "'and bring you up some of them styles which I got in Paris?' You shouldn't trouble yourself, Mo said shortly. Why not? Leon inquired. Because, for all I care, Mo replied viciously, you could fire him overboard. I would owe a buy from you a button. What's the matter? Leon cried. You know what's the matter, Mo continued. You come every day into my stateroom and mock me yet because I'm sick. I mock you? "'Leon exclaimed. "'That's what I said,' Mo continued. "'And if you wouldn't take that cigar away from here, "'I'll break your neck when I get on shore again.' "'Leon backed away hurriedly, and Mo turned to Abe. "'Am I right or wrong?' he said. "'Abe nodded. "'He was incapable of audible speech, "'but hour by hour he grew stronger "'until at dinner time he was able to partake "'of some soup and roast beef.' And even to listen with a wan smile to Mo's caustic appraisement of Leon Sammet's character. Finally, after a good night's rest, Mo and Abe awoke to find the engine stilled at quarantine. They were saved at the necessity of packing their trunks for the cogent reason that they had been physically unable to open them, let alone unpack them. Hence, they repaired at once to breakfast. Leon was already seated at the table. "'and he hastily cancelled an order for Yarmouth Bloater "'and asked instead for a less fragrant dish. "'Good morning, Mo,' he said pleasantly. "'Mo turned to Abe. "'Tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, Abe,' he said. "'I would be down in your store to look over your line.' "'Steward!' Leon Samek cried. "'Never mind that steak. I would take the bloater anyhow.' Abe and Mo breakfasted, lightly on egg and toast, and returned to their stateroom as they passed the battery. "'Say, looky here, Mo," Abe said. "'I want to show you something which I bought for you as a surprise the night before we left Paris. "'I got it right in the top of my suitcase here. It wouldn't take a minute to show it to you.' Abe was unstrapping his suitcase as he spoke, and the next minute he shook out the gown he had purchased from the young lady of the Café de la Paix and exposed it to mo's admiring gaze how did you get a hold of that abe mo asked abe narrated his adventure at the grand hotel while mo gaped his astonishment i always thought you got a pretty good nerve abe he declared but this sure is the limit how much did you pay for it three hundred of them now uh, francs," abe replied But I've been figuring out the cost of manufacturing and material, and I could duplicate it in New York for $40 a garment. You mean $35 a garment, don't you? Moe said. No, I don't, Abe replied. I mean $40 a garment. Why do you say $35? Because at $40 a piece, Abe, I could use for my Syracuse, Rochester, and Buffalo stores about 50 of these garments and you want to figure on at least $5 profit on a garment. Well, maybe I'm figuring it a little too generous, you understand? So if that goes, Mo, I will quote the selling price at, say, $40 a garment to you, Mo. Sure it goes, Mo said, and I'll be at your store tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock to decide on sizes and shades. Abe's passage through the customs examination was accomplished with ease, for nearly all his Paris purchases were packed in the hold, to be cleared by a custom-house broker. His stateroom baggage contained no dutiable articles, save the gown in question, and a few trinkets for Rosie, who was at the pier to greet him. Indeed, she bestowed on him a series of kisses that re-echoed down the long pier and abe's pallor gave way to the sunburnt hue of his amused fellow-passengers and one of them abe recognized with a start the tanned features of the young lady of the Cafe de la paix mo he said nudging greaseman there's your friend mo turned in the direction indicated by abe and his interested manner was not unnoticed by mrs potash how's your dear wife and daughter mr greeseman she said significantly i suppose you missed em a whole lot when mo assured her that he did she sniffed so violently that it might have been taken for a snort well abe he said at length i'll be going on to the prince clarence and i'll see you in the store tomorrow morning good-bye mrs potash good-bye mrs potash replied with an emphasis that implied "'Good riddance.' "'And then, as Mo disappeared toward the street, she sniffed again. "'It didn't take long for some loafers to forget their wives,' she said. "'Well, Abe,' Morris said, after the first greetings had passed between them that afternoon, "'I'm glad to see you back in the store.' "'You ain't half so glad to see me back, Morris, as I am that I should be back,' Abe replied.' Not that the trip ain't paid us, Morris, because I got a trunkful of samples on the way up here, which I assure you is a work of art. Sure, I know, Morris commented with just a tinge of bitterness in his tones. Paris is the place for styles. Us poor suckers over here don't know a thing about designing. Well, Morris, I'll tell you. Abe went on. You are a A first-class A-number-one designer, I got to admit, and there ain't nobody that I consider as better as you in the whole garment trade. "'But,' here he paused to unfasten his suitcase. "'But, Morris,' he continued, "'I got here just one sample style, which I brought it with me, Morris, "'and I think, Morris, you have got to agree with me. "'Such models we don't turn out on this side.' "'Here he opened the suitcase, and carefully taking out the dress "'of the Café de la Paix, he spread it on a sample table. "'What do you think of that, Morris?' he asked. "'Morris made no answer.' he was gazing at the garment with bulging eyes and beads of perspiration ran down his forehead abe he gasped at length where did you get that garment from before abe could answer the elevator door opened and a young lady stepped out it was now abe's turn to gasp for the visitor was none other than the tanned and ruddy young person from the caf de la paix good afternoon mr perlmutter she said i've just got back oh good afternoon miss smith morris cried i hope i'm not interrupting you she continued not at all Morris said not at all then a wave of recollection came over him and he muttered a half smothered exclamation abe miss smith he almost shouted and then he sat down say looky here abe what is all this anyway miss smith comes in here and well upon my word Miss Smith interrupted. If it isn't the gentleman from the Cafe de la Paix, and of all things, there is the very dress. Abe shrugged his shoulders. That's right, Miss, whatever your name is, Abe admitted. That's the dress. And since I paid you sixty dollars for it, I don't think you got any kick coming. Sixty dollars! Morris cried. Why, that dress as a sample garment only cost us twenty two fifty to make up. Cost us? Abe repeated. As a sample garment? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this, Abe, Morris replied. That dress is the self same garment in which I designed it, and which you says was rotten and freaky, in which I gave it to Miss Smith here for a present, and which you paid Miss Smith sixty dollars for. And here is the sixty dollars now, Miss Smith broke in. I hurried here as fast as I could give it to you, Mr. Perlmutter. One moment, Abe said. I don't know who this young lady is or nothing, but do you mean to told me that this here dress which I bought in Paris was made up right here in our place? Here, Abe, Morris said, I want to show you something. Here is from the same goods, a garment. And them goods, as you know, we got it from the Hamsucket Mills. So far what I hear at the Hamsucket Mills don't sell their output in Paris. Am I right or wrong? Abe nodded slowly. Well, Mr. Perlmutter, Miss Smith said, here's your sixty dollars. I've got to get back to my patient. You know that I went to Paris with a rheumatic case, and I've left the old gentleman in charge of a friend. I came here to settle up. Excuse me, abe said. I ain't been introduced to this young lady yet. Why, I thought you knew her, Morris said. This is Miss Smith, the trained nurse which was so good to my minnie when my abby was born. Is that so? Abe cried. Well, Miss Smith. You should take that $60 and keep it, because, Morris, on the way over, I sold Mo Greaseman 50 garments of that there style of yours at $40 apiece. You don't say, Morris cried, you don't say so. Well, all I gotta say is, Miss Smith, in the first place, if Abe wouldn't have told you to keep that $60, I sure would have done so, and in the second place, I want you to come in here next week and pick out half a dozen dresses. Ain't that right, Abe? Yeah, I bet you that's right, Morris. We wouldn't take no for an answer," Abe replied. "And you should also leave us your name and address, Smith. Smith, because Katselhutin. If I should be sick, you understand, I don't want nobody else to nurse me but you." Say, looky here, Abe," Morris said the following morning. "That trunkful of para samples, which the custom house says we would get this morning, ain't come yet." Abe clapped his partner on the shoulder and grinned happily. What do I care, Morris? he said. For my part, they should never come. I ain't got no use for Paris fashions at all. Styles which Morris Perlmutter originates is good enough for me. Because I always said it, Morris, you're a crackerjack high-grade A-number-one designer. End of chapter two.